Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, guys? Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz. I am your host and beat writer for the DNVR Buffs beat. Just got back home. From the first game of the season, TCU and Colorado, obviously TCU taking it to the Buffs pretty well, finishing the game 38-13 to as the final score. A lot to get into, guys. I uh, should mention off the top here, we are presented by the American Raptors. American Raptors are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. Best thing about their games is they are free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for this upcoming season. If you can't make the game AmericanRaptors.com will also be streaming their games from their website. Make sure you check them out. A lot to get into, guys. A lot to really get into and just break down. Um, We talked to Coach Darrell, Brady Russell, and Quinn Perry after the game. We'll talk a little bit about their press conference. But if you want to hear more about that, check out the article that will be posted on Saturday morning. It'll have all the details from the post-game presser. Really a tale of two halves. Um, And I think we'll just start there in the first half. The big news off the top was Brendan Lewis starting quarterback. I don't think many people expected that. And personally, I was quite shocked to see that. Um, Just going back to the scrimmage, it was something we couldn't talk about at the time. But Brendan Lewis wasn't in the final scrimmage. He had a small injury that he was dealing with, but it was obviously healthy enough to start tonight. And that, that was just interesting because in that scrimmage, what the media saw from JT Shrout, I thought was pretty encouraging. Um, he was aggressive downfield. He was making tight window throws. He was really pushing the ball. And it was just shocking to see Brendan Lewis go back out there. I guess that's just what happens when you're the incumbent. Uh, Coach Darrell mentioned that many times that Lewis was respected because he was the incumbent and was given a true shot to compete and earn potentially earn the job as a starting quarterback for the Buffs this season. He comes out and he actually looks pretty good, though. Uh, he finds Arias, Daniel Arias, for a big gain. Um, and then the Buffs ended up going for it on fourth and one early on in the first quarter. Uh, it was just outside the red zone. Um, and then on the other side, it was, I mean, we talked about it a bit on this podcast, the quarterback situation that TCU had on their own. I told you guys, uh, Chandler Morris, if I was a Buffs defender or Buffs coach, I'd be more concerned about facing Chandler Morris than Max Duggan. Morris starts the game, um, was a bit shaky at times. Uh, first drive was a three and out for them. And then Lewis comes back in at quarterback. I think a lot of people were shocked to see that also because it seems like uh, there was a lot of a lot of good vibes and good just you know feedback coming out of Boulder about JT Shrout. But they ran with Lewis again, um, and he showed some decent things. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to say that he didn't look quite different compared to last year. He was running a lot more with the ball, um, you know, just extending passing plays and taking it on his own downfield and there was some throws that were actually pretty impressive from him early on um later on into the first quarter uh tcu crossed over into cu territory but was forced to punt lewis comes back out at quarterback the drive starts at the cu 10 yard line um but the drive stalls as we go into the second quarter and that's when the buffs punted to darius davis again we talked about this he's a dangerous return man they kick to him 
the coverage just was not there. You could see it up in the press box as soon as Davis broke to the field side. Um, there was just a couple blocks that had to be made. They were made, and Davis was running 60 yards in the end zone, and it was 7-3 at that point. The Buffs come back out on offense. Again, Brendan Lewis not looking terrible. He had a run for 24 yards, put the Buffs into TCU territory, but then penalties kind of stalled that drive. Um, it ended up ending in a Cole Becker 43-yard field goal. On that drive, uh, Tommy Brown had a, I believe it was a false start or a hold. I can't remember which exactly at this point. Um, but that really, I think, threw off that drive because it was a first and 10. Um, obviously, it becomes first and 15. And, you know, the Buffs decided to keep running the ball. And, you know, without that extra five yards tacked on there, that's a first down inside the red zone. And potentially, you know, you're seeing a, a lot different ball game at that point. Uh, the Buffs would have been in position to go ahead 10 to 7 at the very least, if not kick another field goal, uh, which they ended up doing. Uh, the score at that point was 7 to 6. Moving on to TCU's next drive, uh, they converted on a third and one and a fourth and two. They crossed midfield, were forced to punt. Uh, then they down it at the CU one-yard line. This is at the towards the end of the second quarter. I believe there was about two minutes, 20 seconds left. Uh, then JT Shrout finally comes in to execute what was a two-minute drive. Made some really nice throws. His first two throws, that, that 35-yard bomb to Daniel Arias uh, was a great deep throw. And then I believe the next one was to Maurice Bell on an out route um, away towards the CU sideline. Uh, that was about a 15-yard play. And then he throws the interception that was reviewed, became incomplete. Then there was a Hail Mary to end the first half. That goes incomplete. And you're going into the half just down one point. It was 7-6 to six TCU leading at that point. And, you know, it seemed like everyone was feeling good. It seemed like maybe this was something that they could build off. Obviously, they were going to have to go make adjustments and change some things coming out. Uh, but JT obviously really showed an ability to move the ball through the air in that last two-minute drill which made it even more shocking to see Brendan Lewis come out again as the starting quarterback in the second half. Uh, before we get into the second half, though, just a couple things I want to talk about. I mean, the energy to start the game was off the charts. Uh, I don't know exactly what you guys saw on television, but man, that student section stretched from the 50-yard line all the way to halfway in the end zone, um, you know, from the back end zone side. You know what I'm talking about. So there was a lot of energy. The students brought a lot of energy, and you could feel like that maybe this is something that this team could get behind, and I feel like they were feeding off that energy early on. And then we get into halftime, and uh, things started to unravel from there. Uh, before we get into the second half, uh, I'm going to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. We've talked about them before many times on this podcast. Hopefully you guys got a couple good Breck brews in you. During the game, well, before the game, of course, and then during the game, as things started to get down, you might have needed an extra Breck Brew or two. But let's talk about their Hoot and Annie. Breckbridge or Breckenridge Brewery has a birthday coming up, 32 years young, to celebrate. Breck Brew is throwing a weekend-long Hoot and Annie, kick off the fall with live music, food, beer, and games, October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. Uh, check out the link in the description or breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and artists lineup. Uh, stay tuned to everything DMVR for Hoot and Annie giveaways leading up to October 8th. And then, of course, we're going to hear from our friends in DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. The wait is almost over. A new football season about to begin. It has begun. 
Um, get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving away or giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven and you win. But on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued to opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. To get into the second half, I mean, uh, depending on your perspective, I guess, a lot to break down or not a lot to break down. Um, of course, Brendan Lewis comes out again starting the second half. Uh, at this point, things started to get a little bit restless. Uh, you could tell in the stadium for sure the boo birds started to come out a bit and absolutely on social. Um, everyone was just clamoring for JT to get in there and show what else he had. I mean, it was a promising start or a start to JT's career. But at the end of the first half, I thought what we saw from him, um, you know, obviously the first half offense just, I mean, they really... They had a ton of time of possession. I mean, I said we were going to start talking about the second half. I'm sorry. Let's go back to the first half real quick, just because I think this is important. Obviously, that return touchdown changed a lot of things. But CU was moving the ball on offense in the first half. They dominated time of possession, 22 minutes and 8 seconds to TCU, 7 minutes and 52 seconds. Um, they ended up finishing the game. Colorado did win the time of possession battle at 33 minutes, 18 seconds. But TCU caught up uh, with the run game in the second half with... 26 minutes, 42 seconds of possession. Um, to end the first half, Brendan Lewis was 9-13, 58 yards. JT Shroud was 3-6 for 50 yards. Of course, he only played that one drive. Daniel Arias looked pretty good in the first half. Three receptions, 64 yards. Um, and then the rushing game actually looked pretty good. We saw Brendan Lewis use his legs a lot more, which is something we didn't really see last season, which, of course, was you know a little bit confusing because all we heard about Brendan Lewis was the type of athlete that he was. Well, he was willing to tuck and run, as I mentioned before. He was the leading rusher in the entire game at halftime with 37 yards gained, or 35 net yards on six attempts. Alex Fontenot and Deion Smith looked pretty good in the first half also. 31 yards on eight carries for Fontenot, 22 yards on five carries for Deion, uh, Deion Smith. And then on the defensive side, I mean, defense was really locked in in the first half, um, but the Buffs go into the locker room looked like I mean they had to make adjustments they were moving the ball on TCU but they just weren't able to quite get into red zone territory and quite just really threaten the Horned Frogs on offense um, you know with touchdowns and just big plays I mean you had a couple of passing plays at the end of the first half but they were really the CU offense was really devoid of big plays all night long let's get into the second half then as I mentioned Brendan Lewis comes out again um, and same with uh, TCU. Chandler Morris still comes out at quarterback. The first drive for TCU was actually pretty well executed. You could see they were adjusting to Colorado's defense. They went to the run game a little bit more. You saw Jaquarius Spivey, the big tight end for TCU, get a lot of get a lot more involved. Um, but Kendra Miller and De- Kendra Miller and DeMarcado had big plays um, that eventually led to a touchdown. 
At that point, score was 14-6. to Brendan Lewis comes back in, three and out. Um, TCU gets the ball back, and they start marching down the field. Morris was using his legs more. Um, but penalties and good CU defense forced a field goal. At that point, the score was 17-6. to Lewis was still at quarterback. Uh, the run game was starting to show some life late. And then, man, I think one of the worst worst parts of this game for CU, um, and you can put it on Coach Durrell, I think, this one. At the end, or towards the end of the third quarter, sorry, let me get the actual game log here because I want to get this one right. Um, but at the end of the third quarter, or the CU's last drive of the third quarter, they had the ball on the TCU 41-yard line, um, and it was fourth and five. I mean, obviously, you're kind of in no man's land at that point. Um, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't in terms of going for it or punting. Um, but, I mean, the, the buffs were down 17-6 to at that point, and you could already start to feel the game starting to you know get out of their grasps. That decision to punt the ball, um, of course, it goes into the end zone. It's a touchback. It's only a net 21-yard punt. Uh, TCU starts to drive at their own 20 the very next or the very ensuing drive. And then the fourth quarter, things just unraveled, man. Um, I mean, that, there's not much more to really say about that. They really did just unravel. Um, up until the 11-minute mark in the fourth quarter, the score was still 17-6. to CU still had a puncher's chance to fight and claw their way back into the game. Um, but then a couple or three touchdowns. Miller had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Davis had another rushing touchdown. And then the third uh, TCU quarterback, Sam Jackson, comes in. He has a rushing touchdown. At that point, the score is 38-6. to It's already well out of reach for CU. Uh, they waited too long to be aggressive. JT comes in. He ends up throwing a touchdown pass to Jordan Tyson from 23 yards out. So it's good to see those young guys getting involved. And JT Shrout just looking good towards the end of the game. But it just begs the question, why did it take so long to go to JT uh, I feel like the coaching staff just had too long of a leash on Brendan Lewis there. You could, see, As I mentioned, you could see in the second quarter that TCU is starting to figure it out and that something had to change for CU, whether it was the, the plays being called or the quarterback, something had to change, and they just waited too long to roll with JT. Of course, he starts moving the ball at the end of the game. I mean, this is something he did at Tennessee at the end of blowouts. He was moving the ball, making some nice throws. So, I mean, you just need to see that more in these closer situations, which honestly made it even more perplexing why JT didn't play more in the first half because you saw that he can do stuff towards the end of the half and move the ball in those situations. But you need to see this guy in true offensive situations, you know, middle of the second quarter, uh, mounting a drive and trying to build some momentum. He hasn't really still hasn't done that yet. And I think the coaches sort of robbed him of that opportunity in this game. I mean, you throw him out there at the end of the second half um, or at the end of the first half, and there's just not much he can do. I mean, he obviously made some nice throws, but I just felt like we should have seen more from him. JT ends the game. Let me pull up the stats here. He ends the game 13 to 23, 157 yards, has the one touchdown. And looking at Brendan Lewis, he finished the game 13 of 18 for 78 yards. And uh, I was talking in the press box after the game and man that just that's a stat line from 2021 for Brendan Lewis 13 of 18 78 yards he did rush a lot more as I was saying but there was no big hardly any big plays when Lewis was on the field except for when he took off he had that 24 yard rush um and in the second half that you could kind of feel some momentum building with that but it just wasn't enough 
On the defensive side of the ball, this team looked really, really stout in the first half. Uh, they were hold, they were generating a lot of three and outs, and they were giving the Colorado offense a chance to claw and fight their way back in this game, or to even take the lead at one at a certain point. That just didn't happen. And then, I mean, I think the pipes just ended up bursting on the Colorado defense. In the second half, they just couldn't hold on. I mean, they did what they had to do, though. We talked about Quentin Johnston limiting limiting his opportunities downfield. Quentin Johnston finishes the game with only three receptions and 22 yards, with his longest reception of 14 yards coming on a little push pass, uh, which, I mean, in my eyes, that's a run play, but of course it goes down in the books as a passing play. So you really only held this guy to two catches for less than 15 yards, less than 10 yards even. Um, and they still couldn't really mount enough on their side of the ball offensively CU to hang in there. TCU, uh, I mean, the levees just kind of broke in terms of the rushing defense on Colorado's side, which we already mentioned. They Their leading rusher only, only had 52 yards. It was Kendra Miller. Um, but if you were on TCU and you ran for more than 20 yards, you were busting big runs. Um, they had... Six rushers go over the 20-yard mark, no one over the 52-yard mark, but everyone that got over the 20-yard mark had at least a long run of 20 yards. Uh, Davis had a run. Duggan came in. He had a 33-yard run. 33-yard run. Bailey had a run for 35. Jackson had a run for 32. DeMarcado had the run for 43. That was the touchdown in the second half. Um, I think that's the one that put them up 17-6. to so yeah, it's frustrating. I, I hear you guys. This sucks. I completely get it. I mean, in many ways, the Buffs did what they had to do to win this game, but in so many other ways, they just didn't deliver. And as a result, that's why you have the 38-13 to 13 final score. Um, we're going to get into... I asked you guys for some feedback on the Twitter account. Thank you to everyone who kind of vented their frustrations and um, gave me their thoughts at the end of the game. We're going to get into that. But first, I want to talk about Athletic Greens. Our next product partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because in this job, I just don't have as much time anymore to be as healthy as I wanted to. So having Athletic Greens has been a lifesaver. They have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com buffs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com buffs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's get into some of your replies on Twitter and through the Discord. Shout out to everyone that contributed. Um, I actually got a lot of feedback. I, I've, obviously, I can't shout out everyone and read every reply on the airways, but I appreciate you all. I've seen every single one. So thank you guys for that. Um, let's get into some of this feedback, though. This is from Seltzy underscore boy. Steve says, Shrout is the clear answer and needs reps. The line needs to give less. Shrout moved well in the pocket when it existed. Same with Lewis. Hard to get a run game going when you play from behind. But it wasn't really popping in the first half either. Hope we have good practice. Yeah, it wasn't really popping in the first half, but it was consistent enough to really keep the offense going. I mean, they outgained them in the first half, of course. And they also had, I think it was 11-3 to in terms of first downs when you look at the first half stats. So there was momentum being built. But yeah, the offensive line, especially in the, in the passing game, 
you saw production kind of break down, and that's something that Coach Darrell mentioned in the postgame presser, that Lewis and Trout were kind of bailing from pockets uh, that he didn't think they needed to. We'll go back and look at the film and see what that says. Uh, but thank you, Seltzy Boy, for the reply. This is from Topher Ahrens. Topher says, The second half, it was so evident we were outcoached. We came out with unscouted looks, and it worked in the first half. They made adjustments we didn't. Then Carl Durrell coached not to lose rather than win, setting the line at six games until he's canned. I get the frustration with Coach Durrell. And yeah, I mean, we talked about the quarterback situation already, but yeah, a lot of adjustments that weren't made. Seemed like the offense just lacked any sort of life until JT got in and then they were able to start pushing the ball down the field. Um, Brendan Lewis kind of looked a bit more lost in the second half. I mentioned he did some things that were I thought were really good in the first half. But then it just, yeah, it just didn't really work. Thank you, Tofer, for the reply. This is from NYTJ Buff Fan. Um, also, color, or also, display name is Colorado Sports Fan. Colorado Sports Fan says, Another year of hope dashed in the first five minutes of the third quarter. TCU 75 yards and five plays. Belu throws one in the ground. The next series, the game was over then. It was really over on fourth and five at the TCU 41 with the decision to punt. JT has to be the starter now, right? I mean, I agree. I think JT should be the starter now. We'll see. We'll talk to Coach Carl Durrell again on Monday, um, and I'm sure I'll ask him or somebody will ask him what the plan is for quarterback heading into Air Force. But, yeah, I'd be shocked, man. I mean, I get going into the first game of the season and trying to see what both quarterbacks have, but I think it's clearly evident who gives you a better shot at moving the offense, who pushes the ball down the field more, and just who's a better passer. Um, I already mentioned that punt, the decision to punt on the fourth and five at the 41. Yeah, for me, that was the big turning point. Um, I don't want to say Colorado quit at that point, but at that, I mean, that, that was your last chance right there to really get back in the game. And at that point, it was just a snowball that just kind of mounted up and it was just unsurmountable. Silver Buff says, Lewis has the most potential, but won't reach it with coaching. Durrell is ignorant enough to think he can change that. Hence, Shrout not starting even for the second half. Durrell ignorance has become a theme. Fourth down punt, go for it, can be used examples. Uh, thank you, Silver Buff, for all the replies. Shout out to you, my man. Um, we already kind of covered all of that, though, so I won't get back into it again. Uh, Perian56 says, Thoughts on Sanford after one game. Can we even judge him when it seems like having Bilu in the game cuts the offensive playbook in half? Yeah, let's talk about the offense a bit more in terms of the scheme and what we saw. I think when we started the game, I was actually, you know, really, I don't want to say happy, but like I thought this was uh, something that CU could really get behind in terms of offense. You saw a lot of different looks, a lot of different formations. They came out in pistol with two backs. They would go five wide. I mean, they were versatile. They preached that versatility, and I think they showed that. Um, but as you mentioned, I think the playbook just kind of shrunk and their hands were tied at a certain point with Brendan Lewis. Obviously, they weren't able to push the ball downfield as much with him um shout out everyone that replied and uh you know kind of conversated and just you know kept the conversation going in and even in a positive manner i know it's a hard time right now to be a buffs fan and you guys deserve to have a winning team almost more than anyone in the entire country i'm sorry this is what we have to deal with but look there's another game next week that's the positives we have to look at here it's another game next week of course it's a tough air force team that is going to throw the triple option and all sorts of bags of tricks at CU. But this is a team also. We talked to Troy Calhoun at the Front Range Huddle at Black Street Tavern a couple weeks ago. And the thing that Coach Calhoun mentioned was that Air Force lost 29 guys to graduation. 
Um, and being Air Force, being a service academy in the Mountain West, they haven't added anyone through the transfer portal the last two years, which has become a big way that you build your roster in college football now is through the transfer portal. And with those limitations, Air Force hasn't been able to do that. We'll see if that translates on the field next week for the Buffs. Um, we're gonna on Monday. We're gonna kind of talk a bit more about the game. Uh, please send me your thoughts. Would love to hear what you guys have to say. Um, I know it's hard to be positive right now, but you know, look, game one of the season, guys. There's a long way to go, and I know a lot of people have said they're already checked out. But look, this is a team that I think you guys need to at least give another shot next week against Air Force. It's a completely different team, and as you know, TCU. They had a down year last year, and they really struggled under Gary Patterson's last few years, but this is TCU. This is a team that always recruits well. They're well-coached, usually. Um, And I think I saw that tonight from TCU. This is a well-coached football team. There were some penalties on both sides. Um, Nothing real crazy. I mean, seven penalties for 58 yards from the Horned Frogs, five penalties for 30 yards for the Buffs. They were just at inopportune times for both teams. I mean, only 80... 88 uh, combined penalty yardage in the game. So for a first game of the season, it was relatively clean from that point. Um, also, the tackling, I think, was, I mean, it was all right in the first half for CU. And then the second half, it just kind of fell apart. Those we mentioned, those runs started to break open a bit more. I thought it was interesting, too. It was pretty aggressive coaching on both sides in terms of fourth downs. Um, of course, Colorado 0 for 3 on fourth down. But then TCU 2 for 2 on fourth downs. On third downs... Colorado was 6 of 15, TCU 5 for 11. So there was some aggressive play calling uh, on both sides at times. But I think it was just a little bit too late for CU when it all came down to all that. Um, In terms of total yardage, we mentioned in the first half the Buffs, I mean, they beat the hell out of them in terms of yardage. I think it was something like 200 and something to 70 um, in terms of yardage. So TCU ends up going 413 total yards, and the Buffs finish with 348. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for me. Apologize if there was a lack of energy. I tried to pep it up, but it's pretty late. I wanted to get this out Saturday morning for you all. Um, so look, my words of advice here, I mean, be mad. Be upset. I, it's your team. You, you have to be, if you're passionate about your team, it's natural to have those feelings. I'm not saying that those failings aren't unwarranted, but it's a long season, guys. Game one, we're still in early September. You got a game next week against a team that's very different than TCU. Um, so hopefully we see a different team from CU. Uh, thank you thank you to everyone who has followed along with the beat. And you know what, guys? I haven't asked you to do this yet, but if you could follow me on Twitter at JakeDMVR if you're enjoying the content on the buff side of things. Or the draft pod, of course, we are on that one. Also, also follow the, the beat account at DNVR underscore buffs. If you have any questions or comments, concerns that you would like to hear voiced on Monday's podcast, that'll be the next time you hear from me. Please comment below on the article on the site or hit me up on Twitter. Shout out to everyone in the Discord also. Again, guys, it was a rough one, but keep your heads up. Long season still to go here. I'm looking forward to covering this team for you all, and I hope you are all as invested as I am because you guys just make it more fun um, when that is the case. So heads up high. I know it sucked, but the buffs will be back. Until Monday, guys, take care.